freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Salk. Brock Ewart is my hero. Jay Buter just punched me in the kidney. Powered through the Alaska Airline Studio. On Seattle Sports. Oh, we're going to do you on the internet. Don't really work that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name on it. It kind of does, though. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen and Ballard. Now, here are your hosts, Brock Ewart and Mike Salk. Hello! Mike Lefko and Ryan Roland Smith here with you on a fantastic Friday morning. It is the start of September. The Mariners are atop the AL West, and there is one month left in the regular season. Going to be a frenzied, stressful, fantastically exciting race. So uh, we do want to get your thoughts on that coming up later in the show. Going to take your calls at 930-866-979-3776. You can text that now. Do not call that now. We're not taking calls until 930. You'll just you'll sit on hold. Maybe Justin will answer the phone and talk to you. But other than that, <laughs> we'll take your calls at 930. Uh, Want to get your thoughts, how you're feeling about this AL West race. And if you have any other questions for Ryan, go ahead and uh, call in with those as well at 930. Shannon Jarrow will also join us at 9. We do have a great catalog of pitch names coming in. They're continuing. Fantastic. Brilliant, brilliant work by the texters this morning. Oh, and by the way, I do have to say, I, I in that last little segment, I did say that Bogan is derogatory. It's not. I was just messing around. I was, I was trying to be funny. We <laughs> yeah, don't care. It's like, it's like redneck or something. Yeah, like, whatever. I mean, which you, know, you are. You I call it. myself Bogan you go to all the time. Truck events, right? Literally, you guys refer me to the Bogan when I, yeah. when I come on at three o'clock at, on Mondays. So. Uh, wait, I can't find the text you're talking about. One one person called your pitch the kiwi because it would get sent to new zealand because <laughs> it would land in new zealand i love it there's oh, really some good one. ones man I'm, I'm trying to reply as many as i can here but i uh, wish that we would get to know more about you than just that you're australian <laughs> <laughs> does it ever bother you that that's your... <laughs> i mean whatever that's all good yeah you got a life you have like kids these are the you know? only yeah. nomination yeah I, I just i just hope no australians heard my comment Maybe that's derogatory when I said the Australian Navy is a guy <laughs> rolling around in the kayak with a shotgun. And again, like, don't get me wrong, like, my um, my grandfather was in the Navy, so I'm not trying to rip on it at all. It's just being funny. It's just being funny. So right? your grandfather's in the Navy and your dad was the Sandhill Warrior. That's right. And what did you do with your life? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Although I peaked I do, in high school. I, I, have, I did. I peaked in high school. I do have Sammy. that little card you gave me hanging up. You By did? my computer. Did, yeah. you, did you laminate it? I, I think didn't you didn't frame it. It's, you didn't it's, frame it, but you it's made set up for all to see. It is on nice. display. Appreciate that. Thank so, you. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's a lot of good stuff there. But I do want to ask you some things about a guy that there is no ambivalence on. Whenever you mention Jared Kelnick, it sways one of two ways. You either get a very heated reaction mm. that people have had enough, they don't like his attitude, or... People appreciate his fire and, and what he brings to this team. So Jared Kelnick did make his return. He had a rehab start last night down in Tacoma. Went one for three. He batted second. He was the DH. Scored a run. Got a walk. Uh, did you see any of that? What did you see out of him in that first outing? Well, first of all, good to see him back. I bet you just you focus so hard on the injury, right? Like anytime someone comes back from an injury or, or you know, like for example, Matt Brash has been a little bit banged up. So... I'm watching him pitch. I'm just watching because I've seen my teammates and I've seen myself do it as well. When you're coming back from some sort of like elbow niggling injury or something severe, you're constantly watching to see how they react after each pitch. So with Jared Kelnick yesterday, I was watching single up the middle and he kind of came out of the box kind of strange, you know? I was like like yeah. Dave Wyman trying to run. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I've never seen Dave Wyman run actually. I didn't know that was possible. But uh, watching him sit here in the uh, studio, I didn't know. I, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> but no, <laughs> there were lots of shots on this show. I know. Wow. Um, 
What was I going to say? Um, yeah, but no, he, 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 yeah. Yeah, he kind of got out of the box, finally around the base, and it looked like kind of – anyway, again, I think it's just that hyper-focus on the injury. I'm sure he's 100,000% fine. And, again, uh, there's been a lot talking about the Mariners' record when he's out, when he's off the roster as opposed to when he's on it, all these different things. It's going to do nothing but help the Seattle Mariners when he comes back. When you talk about the attitude or any of that kind of stuff – what they have now with the tracksuits getting on the plane and the month they've just had, 21 wins, it's not going to be a situation where one guy, let's say hypothetically, let's say Jared Kelnick does have a bad vibe around him or a bad attitude, whatever. It's going to take way more than that, way more than that to, to disrupt a clubhouse. If that was the case, I don't think it is. Maybe a couple of years ago, sure, when he was young and – you know, um, New York when he's getting thrown out from the dugout, all that kind of stuff we saw in the years prior. Not now, though. I think this is only going to help the Mariners. I mean, he was surging in the month of July, too. All the numbers, when you look at whether it be hard hit rate, barrel rate, all the geek numbers, man, he was starting to really surge after that tough June. Um, I want to get your thoughts on this because I agree as well. I mean, great. it would be great. It will be great to have him back. Do you put him back in the lineup right away? So here's what Mark DeRosa said. He joined us on Wyman and Bob a couple days ago. Here's what he thought about Kelnick and how you work him back into the lineup. I don't think he's earned the right to just come back and, and, and be penciled in the everyday lineup. I think it's more of Scott will create kind of soft landing spots for him to get back in there and see if he can get going and help the team. And I mean, certainly he's a, a premier talent. And if he gets on fire, you're going to play the hot hand. But I think it's more of a slow burn back into the lineup. I wouldn't want to tinker with it personally. I would just look for ways to kind of make him feel comfortable, make him feel like a part. And if he can catch fire, then you roll. I, you know, I kind of agree. Obviously you have to earn it, especially with how good they've been offensively. Yes, I agree. You do have to earn it. But in saying that Cade Marlowe is starting to slip, I think, you know, 154 in the last, this last little stretch of games, he's starting to struggle a little bit. Um, I think it's a situation – one thing with Jared Kelly, talking about earning it, right, comes out of spring training, if you remember, he was going to be a platoon player. He's going to hit against righties. Then he came out and earned the right to hit against lefties. When he comes back in, all right, day one, he comes back off the IL. Put him in the lineup. Start him. All right, see how he looks. See how he responds. Hopefully it's against a righty. Not, not that he can't hit lefties, but give him a little bit of a soft landing there. But he has to be your priority, I think, when you're talking about the way the outfield's made up. And I'm talking even over – you're talking, and there's room there, by the way. It's not like he's pushing someone who's just killing it out of the lineup, right? Now, Dom Canzone, he's been good. But you've got – if you're looking at Julio, Jared Kelnick in left field, and Tioscar in right field, right? And you, and you have the, – the, they like to have that fourth outfielder where they can put a Canzone out there and, and Tioscar's um, DH. There's room in this lineup for Jared Kelnick to come back in. He's not pushing out a major factor of this lineup – when you talk about not earning it. And he's undeniably an upgrade defensively. Yeah. Right? I mean, oh, you yeah. need him out there in yeah. one of those corners. Oh, man. Uh, 100%. And, and that's, that's the other part of this too, right? The, the one thing that the Mariners have done really well, we, we can talk about pitching offense all day long. Their defense has been insane. And I'm not just talking about Gino with the baseball smarts with his back turn to second base making a play. I'm talking about Cade Marlowe in left field. Uh, even going down to that Houston series, playing that left field wall and that where it, where it kind of where it drops off into the, the garage doors, for example, Dom Canzone that catch the other night, um, you know Tiosca with a throw the other day. I mean, just the the defense has been awesome. But I think with with uh, what we've seen from 
uh, from Jared Kilnick this year, especially compared to years prior, the confidence out there and the amount of ground for sure, one hundred percent. That that that's a big factor as well. So we'll see the timeline on that. Uh, one thing, it's just kind of a very strange, unfortunate circumstance that again for the second year in a row, Kelnick misses the trip to New York to play the Mets because last year he was sent down right before they went up there, and now on a, a little bit of a hot stretch before he got hurt, a chance to kind of prove he's the guy that maybe the, the Mets gave up on a, a yeah. little bit. Doesn't get to do that. So I feel bad for him in that situation. It was just a random thought that popped into my head. Earlier. Yeah, no, it's a good thought. And hey, let's not forget too. Let's not forget. And I'd love to ask people this uh, on the Mariners side, obviously, but even on the New York side, right? Do you remember last year going into that series, he gets sent down and there's a bit of anticipation about him going back to New York. And he, he, at this point, he had not proven that he was, he was looking to be a bust. At this point, when they went to New York last year, that's why I sent him down. I think maybe to preserve a little bit of that confidence. Yeah, they maybe throw yeah, the wolves there. Yeah, but he was there's that. But he was straight struggling yes. every day. But do you remember? Probably around this time last year, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, the Mets absolutely won out on that trade, yeah. getting um, um, Diaz, Diaz. Yeah. picking up Cano, and everything." But hey, isn't it amazing? I mean, look at the production he's had this year, right? Diaz obviously hurt for the WBC, yeah. freak injury, whatever. I love, and don't get me wrong, I love Diaz. Don't get me wrong with that. But it's just amazing how it swings back and forth, and we tend to forget sometimes that Jared Kelnick, how young he is. I mean, the guy, is, he's 24 years old. Yeah, you, you, you got to factor that in too, but he's only 24 years old. So, anyway, it's just funny when you think about, oh, who won the trade? And I remember this time last year, everyone's like, oh, yeah, the Mets won out on that trade. Well, not the case. Yeah. Just kind of unfortunate because he was playing well. I think he was, what, on a seven-game hit streak before he got hurt. Would have liked to have seen what he could have done uh, against the Mets and in New York this weekend. But uh, maybe next year or the year after that because, you know, teams play everyone. Yeah. So when the Mets come here in 2024, uh, we'll perhaps see Jared Kelnick do some damage against them. Uh, this hour, the Brock and Salk Show is driven by Wayscar Ford. There's some major college athletics realignment news we have to get to, plus uh, what you need to know about this weekend for the Mariners, Astros, and Rangers. It's all coming up next. This is the Brock and Salk Show, Mike Lefko and Ryan Roland Smith in on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. The Mariners begin their 10-game road swing today at uh, 4:10 against the Mets. We'll have a pregame beginning at 3 o'clock with Shannon Dreyer, who will join us coming up at 9 o'clock. That pregame begins at 3 o'clock before first pitch at 410. Game one of the series will feature Kode Senga for the Mets and Logan Gilbert for the Mariners. And Ryan, a lot on the line because the Mariners are tied with the Astros for the division lead. The Rangers are only a game back. I don't know if you saw this stat, but uh, Sarah Langs of MLB Network said this is the third time since division play began that three teams have been within a game or fewer of the lead entering September. And the last time it happened, 1980. So division races are not this close. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And it's good to see. Obviously, it's fun. Uh, you know, everything else is going on. The Mariners is just absolutely surging. A lot of work to do. I will say this, though. The three teams, they all have to come through T-Mobile Park that last week of the season. So it's all going to happen. Whoever's going to take the division, it's going to, all going to happen at T-Mobile Park. That's, that's the most exciting part of this. Yeah, the Rangers host the Twins for three. That uh, first pitch is at 5.05. The Astros begin a stretch. 15 of their next 21 are at home. They have a series against the Yankees and a 5-10 first pitch there. And down in Tacoma last night, Jared Kelnick was the DH and hit second. He singled in his first at bat, finished the game one for three with a walk and two runs scored. Here's the second thing. 
you need to know. Well, a lot happening around baseball as we hit September and this final month of the regular season. Uh, how about Ronald Acuna Jr.? And you mentioned that he got married yesterday, which in itself would be a great day. Now, he topped that, arguably. Don't tell his wife that, that maybe he had a better <laughs> achievement after that by becoming the first thir- uh, yeah, 30-60 player mm-hmm. in MLB history. 30 home runs, 60 stolen bases. He got his home run on a grand slam. That's a, that's a good yeah. way to do it. The, the Braves beat the Dodgers 8-7, to so they're rolling. Acuna's rolling, and, man, you have some NL MVPs taking center stage there with Betts and Freeman and Ronald Acuna. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, what a honeymoon, huh? Grand slam after <laughs> <laughs> the wedding. <laughs> Hopefully you kept the ball, right? He's like, hey, that, it was my wedding day. Can I yeah. keep that baseball? Yeah. I, I, by the way, sweetheart, here's your honeymoon um, <laughs> present. You're going to come watch baseball <laughs> for another month of your life. But, no, but um, the, the big thing that stands out to me, 60 stolen bags. I love Love to see that. I love to see these star players not get shut down by front office or some stat guru who's some anal- analytics person saying, "Oh no, hey, we don't want to get him injured. It's not worth it." No, no. let these guys keep stealing ba- bases. I love the fact you're starting to see the '60s come around with with the stolen base numbers. Yeah, a couple of key waiver wire moves that the Reds claimed outfielders Hunter Renfro and Harrison Bader. Mariners began a series there on Monday. You'll have some day games Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And the Guardians grabbed uh, Lucas Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez, and Matt Moore from the Angels. Really, only affects the division race with Cleveland playing the Rangers, but. Uh, Guardians have already faced the Mariners, and they've already finished their series against the Astros. Here's the third thing you need to know. Well, the college sports realignment continues. Uh, We kind of talk about it from the vein of college football, but it is a college athletics realignment that has left Washington State and Oregon State Kind of out in the cold. The Pac-12 is officially completely splintered because the ACC presidents and chancellors have voted to extend formal invitations to Stanford, Cal, and SMU. So this conference has just completely fractured. They've had teams over the past two seasons leave for the Big Ten, the Big 12, and now the ACC. And literally, after uh, next year, well, yes, there won't be a conference, but the only two teams that remain in this original iteration of the conference, Washington State and Oregon State. And I know you've talked about it from a baseball perspective, mm-hmm. what this might mean. You've got a couple of what Oregon State baseball players. Yeah, I've got, I've got two kids going there next year. I've got Travis Bazana. He's going to be a top 10 pick uh, next year in the draft. He's an absolute stud. So, yeah, bringing kids over from Australia and you have to explain to them, you know, the powerhouse schools and what conference they're in. You always refer to the fact that, because I've got a kid going to Stanford as well, okay. uh, Jimmy yeah. Nadai, and I always say, hey, look, look, Pac-12 school, like, is it that's kind of the big draw card now? It's well, it's, it's been a mess. Now, I, I brought up the, the transfer portal too. It's, I know, look, I don't know anything about college football, but I'm talking for baseball. It has created a huge mess. I couldn't imagine what it's done to college football as well. I think it's equally chaotic, yeah, uh, maybe more nuts. so across every sport. Basketball, the, the same thing. But yeah, can you imagine those kids you're telling to come over to Stanford and you're like, oh, and you're going to be playing in Boston in front of like 20 right. people at Boston College yeah. in May, and it might still exactly. be snow on the ground. So. Uh, yeah, it's, it could have a, a tough impact on recruiting and on everything, but uh, tough situation there, especially on the cusp of what should be one of the best seasons football-wise in the history of this conference with five teams ranked in the top 25 to start the season. We know the expectations for UW, USC, of course, with the Heisman favorite and Caleb Williams, and Utah had a big win last night over Florida 24-11, to while Arizona State held on for a 24-21 to win over Southern Utah. So, Uh, It feels like, and this is my apologies, it feels like every time I fill in on this show, conference realignment happens. Because the last Friday I was here, whenever that was, uh, Washington... Yeah, that's true. So something happened. The Russell Wilson trade happened right after our show when you were here. That's right. So... (laughs) 
literally last time I filled in, we got the news that Washington and Oregon had left and they were going to the Big Ten. Now we get this news today. Uh, there's the selling point then. Every time I fill in, something happens. Something new. So tune in. Something will happen uh, every time I fill in. But that is uh, everything you need to know. What uh, what series are you looking forward to this weekend out of the Astros, Yankees, and Rangers twins there? Man, I think the – you mean what am I looking forward what do you to think, as far as – Okay, what team do you think has the better chance of dropping their series? Do you think the, the Yankees can beat the Astros or can the Twins take another one from the Rangers? I think I think the Rangers, man. I, I just think they haven't been the same team. There's been some really good storylines from them. They, they were blowing teams out in the beginning of the season, and they're just now all of a sudden their bullpen issues are starting to show up. They really are. And you can just feel it from them when you're watching some of the reactions, You know, even having a guy like a Aroldis Chapman who – just doesn't look the same as what he did, did in the Royals. Did you see what uniform. he did on Wednesday? No, what did he do? He had, uh, they intentionally walked a batter. Mm-hmm. So it was the 10th inning. Yeah. So they intentionally walked a batter, put first and second. Then he walked the next batter. So the bases were loaded. On the very first pitch of the plate appearance of DJ Stewart, he hits him and they lose the game. See, that, that, that's what I'm talking about, man. Even a guy like that feels it because you just know the implosion that's going on, right? I've been on teams like that. You're like, oh, here we go again. Where, where all of a sudden you get to that sixth, seventh inning, you can just feel it. So I think that the Rangers, just like Gary Hill said, the Rangers, uh, excuse me, the Astros scare me. They really do. They're starting to surge and they've been here before. We've seen it. The Rangers, though, I just, man, and I can't believe I'm saying this because beginning of the year, I'm, I was all Rangers. Uh, but look at their, their corner outfielders have hit 203 in the month of August. They're just not getting that same offensive production. The bullpen has been a mess. Uh, and I said with these three teams, I said early on, it's going to go through T-Mobile Park. The bullpen is going to be the big, the deciding factor. And I, I don't think the Rangers have it. Yeah, we'll dive into that a little bit more coming up next, along with uh, a game I'm nervous slash excited and uh, might get way too competitive about. Uh, is there a title for it? It's called the Pitch Clock Game. Mm-hmm. Or you're putting us on the Pitch Clock. So uh, Ryan and I are getting on the Pitch Clock. Coming up next, this is the Brock and Salk Show on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Mike Lefko, Ryan Roland-Smith with you. A lot of good Mariners talk going on. We're going to get some more Good insight from Shannon Dreyer. She'll join us at 9 o'clock. We are taking your calls at 9.30. I want to know how you feel about this final month of the regular season. Are you nervous? Are you excited? What do you want to see? And if you do have any good questions for Ryan Roland-Smith, chime in as well at 9.30 at 866-979-3776. I, but I, I don't think I've ever been on a show with calls. calls, so oh. I'm excited. Wow, brave new world here. Yeah, so welcome, Ryan, kindly when you call in. Uh, but right now, I think we're going to get some questions of our own I'm just I'm very nervous to turn this over here because I don't know what's going on and I want to win and I can't control that. Filled in and Brock quizzed you about your dating life. That's true. It's a good point. Nothing worse than that. And I have uh, let's talk about that for a second. I found ways to just kind of shame him ever since then. Hey, by the way, making fun of his pictures that he posts or speaking of the dating life, I do have to say this. Now I thought you were part of some reality show. What was the name of that show? (laughs) Ryan thought I was on Love Is Blind. (laughs) He asked me that today because the Love Is Blind after the altar comes out tonight. It's probably already out on Netflix. Don't spoil it. But Moore and I were talking about that. We're very excited to watch it. And you asked, you came right in and said, are you on that show or something? Well, because you keep sharing it on, on social oh, you media. You don't want me like, to share it. It's, it's I, the last episode. And this is how, like... Say goodbye this, to Seattle. This is how hook, line, and sinker I am. Because I'm watching, okay, where, where's Left go at? I'm like, is he, he must be on this show if he's sharing it. Like, you, know, you, just, really, you just really like the show, do you? We always watch it. We all okay. watch it here okay. at work. And we talk See, about sorry. it. Sorry. Yeah. It, I'm it out of the film, loop. It was filmed in Seattle this season. 
So that's why we're attached to it. Okay. These are people you know and interact with, or you know someone who knows someone. Gotcha. So okay. that's why it's a big deal. Me on Instagram and asked me if I would be interested yeah, in being on it. Mora was almost ghosted. on it. They oh, never, they never followed. She up, got so. ghost fork bold. Would you get on it? <laughs> I was. Go- I was down. Yeah. Uh, well, this is for. Huh, okay, so sorry. The season that just aired. They asked Mora to be on it. It's called Love is What? Love is Blind. Love is Blind. Yeah. So basically you can't see the person, I take it? Yes. Well, this is how it starts. So you start out and you're in these pods and yep. you are talking to a wall okay, and there's someone else that. on the yep. other side of the wall. So you have Stupid, to match yeah. with them over the course of like 10 days and figure <laughs> totally. out if you want to marry someone based on having never yeah. seen them. The only way you can see them is by proposing yeah. and then you meet. Gotcha. And then you go to Mexico. <laughs> you say yikes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, man. For the, for the record, Ryan, when Lefko said we all watch it, I've, I do not watch it. Yeah, okay. All right, good. Uh, collective okay, but we. when they asked all right. me, my whole thing was there's a bunch of people that go and don't make a match and then they just go home. I wanted to uh-huh. go and be one of those people so just so I could see how it all oh, so you can still, workings of it. Hang on. So you can still go to Mexico if you match, but you have to get married. No, oh, no, you uh, then you, you get thought of quite badly. You get thought of quite badly. I wanted to just go and see everything behind You're on a reality show. And not meet someone. Yeah. Yeah. Be able, to, be able to just see how it all yeah. works. See, I have Stacey Ross and I, we both have a little connection because of The Bachelor. We, we sometimes, I haven't watched that show for a while, but I do like that show. Oh, so you can't make fun of this. No, I like do like it. But the only reason, one of the, half the reason I do like it is because I know my wife really likes to watch it seriously. So I like to just be annoying and press the pause <laughs> button if it's on demand and just watch her reaction. And she just gets so angry because I'm just trying to, I, I do, it's, it's entertaining. Yeah. But I like to make fun of it too. At the same time, well, I do you get seen kind of the obnoxious. Golden Bachelor now. The which one? The Golden Bachelor now. They have a senior version. Oh, I don't want to. Really? I'm only Love that. Is Blind. See, I'm, not, I'm blind. not diving any further. To, it's all check like it out. 60s and up. I think. Wow. Okay. All I'm huh. saying is, Mike, I've never seen someone share a reality show as much as you have. I'm like, he must be on the show. <laughs> like twice. Secretly. <laughs> well, I did it when it came out, and then the after the altar news dropped. Like, all right, let's get ready. That's an unexpected thing that I just did not pick Lefko to be into. For being such, such a, like, what do you call it, sicko? You're such a sports sicko yeah. that I can't imagine you taking an opportunity mm. to watch anything other. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Than some trashy reality. It's kind of like a sport. It is a sport. Well, back to the original point of like this pitch clock game. So everything's competitive. Everything's a, a sport, and we got to win everything. So yeah. Well, Justin, would this make more sense to you? Um, I ran a Love Is Blind pool here. Yeah. Oh, that where we had to make picks. Yeah, we had to make our picks. It only did like two seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Into a game. Wow. yeah. So we did a little Excel <laughs> spreadsheets. We had to make picks. We figured out uh, who wow. would win. I haven't won any of them yet. All right. Well, let's see if you can win this. Okay. The object is just to answer the question within the time frame, and we try to make them questions that aren't easy to answer. Are you looking at Brian, not me? This game was designed for me because I like to ramble. I swear. You say that, but it was because the day before we had you on, Brock asked Jerry DePoto a minute and 30 second question. Well, there you go. Okay. So yeah, it did, I did debut this, didn't I? It was not the yes, first to do. The first there we go. Okay, I feel very, very okay. Very. So um, you might have a little honored. bit of an advantage. Okay. But yeah, you can also apply that to Fucking when you're on post game and Matt Nelson's in your ear. Yes, hey, wrap and it up. we drag Pitch it out to midnight. That's yeah. all right. All right, Lefko, we'll give you first choice. You want Ooh. Ryan to go first, or do you want to go? Oh, Ryan will go first. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Big all deep right. breath. First up, we're going to mix some sports and some regular questions in all here. Right. Uh, Ryan, what is the airport slash plane travel etiquette hill you will die on? Everybody has their thing. Yeah, that, I, like bothers you at an airport. Okay, put your bags a. Uh, on the plane or at the airport? Uh, okay, on the sorry, plane. We'll start over. You can pick. Just, just okay. Sorry, just I'm messing. I'm watching this already. Gone. Gone. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to say on the plane. On the plane. How about that? 
Okay. All right. Bags go above you. Do not walk on the plane and just drop your bag at the front of the the baggage thing above your head at the, at the at the front and then go down the back. I'm not talking about. I'm not. By the way, I'm not sitting first class here or anything like that. I'm talking even in economy, above you. <laughs> Boom. Where you're sitting, then. Exactly. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, Wherever yeah. you're sitting, that's where it goes above you. Okay, let's keep the order of that, please. Do you, are you? Do you check a bag? Or are you a one oh, yeah. bag travel? No, I have to check. You uh, yeah, check, I a, check bag? a bag. Yeah, I do. You I pay do. That cost. I do. Wow. I, do. I okay. can't go. I can't travel without having just this yeah. extra. Cra- yeah. Anyway, my sh- I've got big feet. There's shoes trying to cram <laughs> shoes inside the carry on. No, no, no. Check it. Hmm. All right. Up next, this one, uh, Lefko. This one should be easy for you. So I'm going to get you get you started quickly. Okay. What is or who has the worst uniform combination in all of sports? Oh, that is tough. Uh, the Bengals. Oh, terrible. Just because Justin <laughs> asked the question. <laughs> Black and orange. Have you seen that? Oh, yeah. yeah. They're not very good. They, 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 they still have the, um, the, the, the stripes. stripes, stripes. Yeah. They yeah, do. still have it. Yeah. Do really, you really think that? No. Really That's the first it. one that came to mind, though. <laughs> Uh, there well, are we worse. spend so much the, time talking the A's, about it. The A's are bad. There's a ton of terrible ones, but that just jumped in there. Yeah, mm. Mm. Too quick, too easy. All right, Justin's Mara's up. not happy with no, that. Don't All right. that. All right, we are back to Ryan. 15 seconds to mm-hmm. explain who is the Mariners' best starting pitcher. Oh, I'm going to uh, Man, uh, okay, th- two weeks ago I would have said George Kirby. I'm going to start. I'm going to say Luis Castillo, man. There, there is just that extra element, that extra presence he has right now. So, if the question is, if you had a one-game decision, I'm going Luis Castillo. Boom, there you go. But that was quicker than 15 yeah, that's a seconds. Violation. I know. I think. Wait, you're starting the timer with the question too. I don't know. Maybe yeah, like 12 seconds. Okay. Okay. Uh, Ryan, I got one for you as well. Me? Yep. Oh, Ryan again? Yep. Oh. Going for Ryan. Okay. Who is? The greatest athlete you got to see play with your own eyes, and, oh. and what the two part question? What athlete would you most like to have seen play in their prime? Okay, um, the the second one I would have to say Michael Jordan. I've never seen him play. I mean, you know, you, you're just watching like, man, imagine being at one of those games. Insane. I'll have to say Ichiro Suzuki is probably the most fascinating athlete I've seen play because I got to watch behind the scenes as well as watch him do his thing. Man, it was insane. I do have one story about what he did. That was just mind blowing, but that uh, pitch clock violation. That's all right. <laughs> we'll allow it. I, yeah, I think we're going to have some bonus. Yeah, we'll time. allow it. Go for it. Um, go for it. Yeah, tell us. Okay. So I had we had a pitcher. I'm not going to. Oh man, I'm kind of giving this away. We had a pitcher who used to play for the Mariners, who since went on, kind of left in a in a bad way, and he went on to another team, and he had a certain streak happening. Right when we came to play him, now Ichiro basically said in the dugout. I swear, and Ken Barron was in the dugout. He said, hey, watch this. I said, oh, what do you mean? He goes, watch this. We had a runner on first, right? So we had – I'm going to just tell you. I had a scoreless streak going. (laughs) And Ichiro said, um, this streak ends now. He's not going to break the record. I was like, well, all right. And the dude we are facing was dealing filthy at this time. Comes up, whack, triple, run scores, boom, just like that. Unreal. So I just just little moments like that. Spring training, he'd come up and go, I'm going deep this at bat. And I'd ask Ken Barrymore, Ken, he's in, in he's translator at the time. I said, Can when did you just say he goes, he's he's taking the, he's going deep here? I'm like Off you. Uh, he, <laughs> wow. I'm telling these epic stories yeah, and I, I have know, to hear sorry, that. Sorry, Unbelievable. Sorry. 
got shots for y'all. Oh, yeah, little things like that. He, it was amazing watching him doing well, this. I always thought thing. that like he could have won any home run derby that he was ever hundred percent if he wanted. 100%. You yeah. watch him take BP back in the day, well before your time, young Mike Lefko. It was impressive. Yeah. Hit it at the cafe. Good luck. Mm-hmm. All right, that was that was worth a little extra. Okay, there you go. That's true. Thank you. Uh, Lefko, you're up next. Okay. What is the most embarrassing thing you've ever worn? Oh, you might say it's pickleball shirt today, I think. I don't know. Um, I think a lot of people would say anytime I put on Tennessee Titans gear, yeah, we'll go with that. Anytime I put on a Tennessee Titans piece of apparel. That's lame. Yeah, well, what do you mean that's lame? That's my quick, concise he answered, yeah, answer. He answered the question. He yeah. You're trying to game the that. system here. I, in 15 seconds, I can't think of the most embarrassing thing. Trying to give you thing. something you have to think about. That's what I'm saying. Uh, That's why it's hard. I don't know. Abercrombie, back in the high school days. <laughs> <laughs> but you were the dude at the front? Is that what you're saying? Didn't that you said the dudes that at was, the front yeah. no shirts? Yeah. yeah. No, I was not the model. Thank you, though. But, you know, what high school kid back in the day did not want, like, Aeropostel or Abercrombie? So that was my entire wardrobe. American Eagle. There we go. Did you pop the collar? No, it was never like that. That was too bold. That would have been embarrassing. I can see you with some poop Ryan's shells. like, I did. Uh-oh. Yeah. You popped those collars? <laughs> no, I do have a funny Abercrombie <laughs> Finch story, though. Anyway, continue. All right. Maybe we'll ask that for another question if we have some extra time. Okay, for, uh, for Ryan, what sports accomplishment are you most proud of? Oh, um, yikes. Uh, Olympic silver medal. I'll go there. Just because you represent Australia, I was 21 years old, didn't know if I was going to make the team, made the team, I pitched in the gold medal game, and just, yeah, really proud of it, awesome, there we go, grew That's up, cool. always yeah. wanting to go to the Olympics before I even played baseball, so yeah, that was Not cool. a lot of people can say that they have an Olympic medal, so that's, yeah, that's pretty, pretty cool good. good. Yeah. That's How awesome. Uh, 21. Nice. Yeah, so there you go. Wow, good stuff there. That will not be my answer. I, I was waiting for question. some funny comment from Lefko. No, I mean, that, fun of me, but I, that's all right. I cannot, I can't even say anything about that. That is a really cool moment. I mean, the Olympics are so awe-inspiring, so I can imagine It was that. fun, man. Representing your country and that Navy. That one, <laughs> <laughs> that one man Navy. <laughs> that one man Navy. There is the dig. That was Ryan created that dig, so I was just going back to it. That's how you bring a story back around. All right, Lefko, you're up next. Make the argument for Scott Service as AL Manager of the Year. Uh, he took a team that, again, struggled in the first half of the season. They're going to win the division for the first time since 2001. And, uh, yeah, they're going to win the division for the first time since 2001. That'll be my argument. I should have known with how competitive Lefko is. He was just going to—he's just going to make all of these. Right, every every answer is going to be under the allotted he, time frame. He's warmed I up and he's dialed in to the 15 seconds. I know. I'm a, I'm a great indicator of that clock i have a good awareness of where it is there will be no pitch clock violations on me today i'm like halfway through the 15 seconds i'm like do i want to turn this into like an epic story or do i just want to actually get it i do like that the wheels are processing i can see it too like which is a good thing you have a story for everything and that's great but you're like "Uh uh-oh how do i fit this into 15 seconds no i'm just going to keep going anyway i do have a really funny evercrombie pitch story but yeah anyway were you one of the models up front (laughs) no absolutely not no 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 if i ever get if we get a chance we have some downtime i will tell it's pretty funny but anyway okay last question for me then and this one is for uh for ryan as a uh uh is an aspiring play-by-play broadcaster Mm -hmm. what broadcasting advice can you give to lefko for for him, hang on. This time out. Start again. Start again. Start again. <laughs> so many caveats. Go sorry, on. <laughs> sorry. Are we talking for him specifically yes, from for him, working him specifically working with, with him? What you know as about opposed him to just in general. Yep. Um, oh man. Uh, best advice. Um, 
Oh, it's going to sound super lame, but just dude, just just be yourself. Don't try and sound like anyone else. Biggest mistake I made was trying to be all super pro, and it does not work, especially when you've got an Australian accent and you had a pretty subpar career. Yeah. So just just try and be yourself, man. Just dive into, lean into. If you have some issues, or if if there's something that is a downfall to you, just lean into that hard. That's trying to. That's what I. Well, I sound better when I do that. When I'm on a, on a broadcast, instead of trying to be super pro. Oh, well, hold on, the 15 seconds is up. Whoops. Yeah, okay. I, was saying, I think <laughs> Ryan, had, Ryan yeah. had great answers. He might have gone over his time, but <laughs> you had great answers. I won pitch clock, you know, staying under the, a lot of time, but you had the best answers, so I'll give you that. Wait, that was it, right? You, you didn't have any more? I had the most flair. I had, I won. So all It's right, not good. whether you win or lose, it's how good you sound. How about that? There you go. How, how many epic stories you can yeah. pull out? I don't know what go. game you're playing. If it's not about how you, you win or lost. but I didn't okay. get to my Abercrombie and Fitch story. And we'll get to right. that. We'll get to that. We have time. we got another hour left. <laughs> um, I do want to ask you something, though, because the Mariners are in a situation they haven't been in, specifically when it comes to the Astros. Mm-hmm. And that is they've owned the season series. Like They literally have won yeah. the season series. They're 8-2 and two against them this year. Honestly, they could be 10-0. and 0. I mean, those two losses, they had the tying run on base in both of those losses. Do you think they... Might be a little bit in the Astros' head. I mean, here's what Tom Verducci said. They want to get your thoughts on this. So he was on with them uh, earlier this week. Brantley just kind of is that guy that's steady 300 hitter, puts the ball in play, keeps right-handed pitching honest. And Dusty specifically mentioned Seattle. I don't know whether he's looking forward to September or postseason possibly matchup, but he said Brantley is the guy we need against the Mariners because, I mean, he saw it in that weekend there where it's, you see the right-handed power pitching in Seattle. You better have some left-handed bats in the lineup that can turn around velocity and Brantley turns out to be a key guy, at least in Dusty's mind, matching up against the Mariners. I think, yeah, obviously based off that answer, um, I think they're a lot more aware of the Seattle Mariners. I got a chance to talk to Dusty Baker the morning. uh, I did a um, Peacock game, Mm -hmm. and that morning we had a chance to spend a good 20 minutes with Dusty Baker. And anytime you hear a manager, right? Now, again, the Astros have been dominant in the AOS for so long. And they've kind of you know rolled over the Mariners. Let, let's be honest, right? They really have in years past. But anytime you ask him questions about the two teams, and he starts referring to uh, specific details about things that are a concern with the Astros, and the concerns aren't, oh well, we're going to do this better, that better. It's like no, no, no. Well, well, the Mariners have got this, and then he starts referring to the team. One hundred percent, you start thinking more about who you're up against as opposed to what internally what you have issues with. That's what I think the difference is. For sure, 100%. I think that that series in Houston just recently mm-hmm. uh, really put the icing on the cake for them being more a situation now where they worry more about the Mariners than before. They're like, oh, yeah, no, we, we, we got this. That's uh, it's kind of the theme of our ranked, so I won't get too much into that and spoiling it. But was it encouraging to see that in that Sunday finale, where in times past, sure, it would have been easy to say, hey, we have an unexpected injury. Our starter mm-hmm. leaves after you know, two and a third or two and two thirds in Emerson Hancock. They've already won the series. The Astros surge back. You have yep. to empty the bullpen, and the Mariners still find a way to hold on and win that game. That was a huge statement. It really was. That sticks out to me. And again, we're going to talk about some of this stuff a little bit later on um, for the month of August. But that series especially, too, when you have Munoz go out early in that game and then you have Gabe Spire who, and you're looking, I mentioned this earlier about the bullpens, you have your third, fourth, fifth best pitchers out there, you know, basically holding down an offense that in a year year ago, months ago, man, any weapon in the middle of that lineup can beat you. 
and we're so used to seeing, especially in Minute Maid. That was a massive statement, 100%. And it changes. I mean, you heard, you know, Maldonado say that was an absolute slap in the face. It really was. That was the difference, man. When you come, when you overcome a, a starting pitcher, go down with an injury after two innings, right, and they surge back, we saw it, and then they hold that lead. Man, that tells you everything. When you're talking about how these two teams rank uh, and, and what the difference is going to be, that's going to be that bullpen. So all things being equal, it feels like the Mariners are better than the Astros. And if it comes down to a series where this second-to-last series, this penultimate series of the season, where they are within a game of each other or the Mariners are in the lead, feels like the Mariners win that series, they win the division. But mm-hmm. will it be that way? We're not talking about the fact that maybe with this tough September where you're playing the Dodgers, you got to go play four against Tampa, you have to come back and still play a, a road trip against the Rangers, who are 5-1 and one against you. I know all those, all those games are earlier in the season, in the first half of the season, but... Maybe it gets to the point where the Mariners are actually trailing the Astros when it comes down to that. So John Morosi yesterday on with us at Wyman and Bob, he still thinks the Astros are the favorites to win the division. And, uh, you know, we can we can criticize him after this. But here, here was kind of his rationale for thinking that. And I just think that their their comfortability and their know-how in the playoffs, whether it's offensively, whether it's Framber Valdez, whether it's Christian Javier, I know he hasn't had a great regular season, but he threw a no-hitter in the World Series last year. J.P. France has been a revelation. They've got a guy in Ryan Presley who's been there. That You know that that team believes they can win because more often than not, they have. And so I, I just think that that group, that clubhouse, I know they're controversial. I know that there's, there's controversy, but then again, that was six years ago. This, this is a group that wins. They've got a lot of really professional guys who win. And, and I tip my cap to what they've done in making the ALCS every year since, since 17. And I, I think they'd be the toughest out, whether it's regular season and certainly the postseason if I'm talking about the Seattle Mariners. I agree with them. I do. I hate to say it. I agree with them. Because he, here's the deal, mate. I mean, there's a lot of good things happening with the Seattle Mariners right now. But you talk about – you mentioned that series in Seattle. You are either going to be, say, doesn't matter if you're two games ahead of the Astros – Two games behind, even going into that series, that's going to be what you do in that in that three games three game series, right? Yeah. It's four mm-hmm. against the Rangers. So in that three game series is everything. That's going to be massive. And I keep saying this: whoever wants the AL West has to go through T-Mobile Park to do it. On the flip side, though, he's talking about a team that knows how to win. Man, they're they're not the same as last year. Um, you know, big a couple of big reasons why, right? Um, I'm not going to say, I know Verlander's back there. He hasn't been the same all year. He's still trying to find that. You understand we haven't heard anything about Verlander, especially since the trade, because he's not the same dude as what we saw last year, right? Um, Guriel in the middle of that lineup, he ch- that changes. The fact he's out of there, you don't have that same presence in the middle of the lineup. The starting pitching, Framber uh, Valdez, yes, he's been good, and he's starting to, to figure things out. I get all that. Um, Christian Javier has not been the same. So I just think that they are a different makeup to last year when you're comparing to how they know, how, like when Morosi said they know how to win. But on the flip side, man, when you're talking with Dusty Baker and some of those key pieces, I'm telling you, the Mariners have to keep up what they've done. It's still a lot of games left. Wait, how many games have we well, got left? 30 actually, something? it's interesting. Here's what I don't like is that this is kind of a small thing, but it could prove to be big down the stretch. The Mariners have 29 games left. Mm-hmm. The Astros have two fewer Right. So they have the same record right now. They're tied atop yeah. the division. The Mariners have two more chances to screw that up. And I think when you're behind, you want more games. When you're ahead, only bad things can happen, right? If you're winning, you're yeah. setting the pace. 
if you're in front, though, if you're in front of the division, you can't do anything by winning. That relies on the other teams. The teams that are trying to catch you, they want you to lose. So the more chances you have to lose, the more that helps out a team like Houston who's behind you. Yeah, I, I think it works both ways, though. You know, those games where all of a sudden it's a Thursday and the Astros have off and, and you mentioned they've got two fewer games. And then you go out and you get a win. You don't have to be looking over and go, oh, man, did we actually make up some ground here? Because now they're just steamrolling whoever they're playing. So I think it works both ways mm. in that regard. But it all boils down to that last week. I yeah. keep saying it, man. It's going to be fun to watch. And that's why it's fantastic that it does come down to this. And it doesn't always play out like this. So uh, we mentioned last hour that it's the first time since 1980 that a division has been this close going into the final month of the season. So the fact that it's this close with these three teams, and these are also the three teams that are playing each other, yeah, that's going to be fantastic. Now, the Astros don't finish with the entirety of the division uh, like the Rangers and like the Mariners do. They're actually going to finish at the Diamondbacks, which is a little strange. Mm-hmm. So they'll play the Mariners in that second-to-last series. They'll then uh, finish the year at Arizona. But when it comes down to the head-to-head and you, you look at the schedule and you see that big T logo there 10 times or seven times at yeah. the end of the year in the final 10 games, it doesn't always fall to uh, fall into place like this. And it has, and that's why we keep relying on that and drawing on that and saying uh, this is where it comes down to September 22nd through October 1st because you don't often have that. You could yeah. have had where you could have had like closing against the Angels and the A's instead of getting a chance to head-to-head Duke it out and see what happens. The other thing is, too, looking at the schedule, I'm trying to figure this out. Could all three teams, essentially all three teams, could get to the playoffs, right? There's nothing. Oh, I think they will. Hold, yeah. yeah, nothing holding that back. I'm not looking at that. There's something I read about, you know, because of the way the the rest of the schedule is built. That, But that, no, that doesn't well, make. Well, no, because so here's the thing. Uh, the Blue Jays are two and a half games behind the Rangers right now. Yeah. That final wild card spot. So. Mm-hmm. They're going to be big Mariners fans. The Blue Jays are right. hoping you come down the stretch here, and if Seattle wins, you know, like five of those seven games, maybe that drops the Rangers out. But if it's just kind of a, a muddled mix, and you play, you know, even baseball, it relies on the Blue Jays. So the Blue Jays are going to get a good opportunity with all these teams beating up on each other. It still feels like, though, if all three of these teams do enough, they all could get in. Okay, here's, as I'm looking at this now, I'm starting to think in my head. It, has it changed your your expectation like are you disappointed if they don't win the AOS and they get in via wild card are you still like yeah awesome in the playoffs great or are you like uh, they could have won the AOS what happened uh, I'd, love, um, yeah. I'd love to hear from people yeah, texting in as question. well and actually that's a great question to call in on uh, 866-979-3776 when we are taking calls at 930 Will you be disappointed if they don't win the division now that it's there for the taking? I think I will be. Really? I, yeah, I think I'm just going to be like, eh, wild card, whatever. Well, we got to go to break. We can ask Shannon. No, in, in the moment, in the moment, you'll be disappointed. I don't think anyone's going to be disappointed about the playoffs because we saw what happened last year. Yeah. Anything can happen when you get in, especially with the depth the Mariners have. I mean, we've been talking about this for weeks now, and Shannon will reiterate no one wants to see the Mariners in the playoffs because of that rotation, because it gets even deeper when you yeah. can shift a couple guys in the rotation to the bullpen. So the Mariners getting in will be fantastic. Uh, in the moment, if the season ends, they don't win the division, you'll have that tiny twinge of, okay, that stinks. But the second the playoffs start, you're going to be fired up. Oh, yeah, for you're sure. You're going to be excited. For sure. so. yeah. All right, yeah, Shannon Dreher will join us coming up next. Final hour ahead. Mike Lefko and Ryan Roland-Smith with you. This is Brock and Salk on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app.